evening. All right. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, man, you? Yeah. It's I got, very good. Got my new M249 this week. It's very exciting. The, that's a beautiful looking piece of kit, mate. Hi, Nick. I'm on the black stuff tonight because I'm working. So I'm only on the black on stuff. The, uh, Evening, orange. Nick. It's a sample. <laughs> I had a, I had the rest of the pint earlier. I just I've been drinking it. Sure, no. Hi, John. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's not the end of my week yet. I've got to work tonight, and then I'm off tomorrow. And then I'm back in Sunday. Make it a two, four, nine. Evening, James. Evening, Wayne. Out. Ah, it's um, it's an S and T, Nick. So it's actually technically a featherweight one. Um. So I guess it's slightly cheating uh, in terms of it only weighs uh, weighs less than four kilos. Um, I'm planning to swap out a few of the parts on it. So, for example, the bipod, um, you, it's all sort of compatible with A&K products. Um, so I've swapped the bipod out for a proper full metal A&K one. Um, I've got A&K magazines on it now instead of the uh, sort of M4 style mag that runs with it. Um, and yeah, exactly. The lighter, the better. I just wanted um, something that I could run around with and kind of like, you know, I, I'm not the I'm not the sportiest not. of people. I don't know if you've you Mine's might the other end of the scale to the yours weight. weighs an absolute ton. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's heavy as hell. My one, not gonna lie. <laughs> oh, there's no one there. It's just the roof. <laughs> Paul's going to be talking to us tonight for the medium of no one there. Hey! Oh. oh, that was scary. It was like a tarantula going across the screen. What was that? I think that was Paul's hands. Are you a little bit behind, behind Lance? I feel there's a bit of a lag. <laughs> Paul's now on the screen. Yeah, no, my I think it's my internet, mate. Once again, BT super fast fiber nine hundred Halo three is excelling itself. Hi, Paul. How's things? Hello. You're all right. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> oh, Lars oh, has gone completely. Yeah. Lars has gone. So, I mean, obviously, Paul's you, you've dressed up tonight for the episode, or is this just your normal evening no, wear? Just, now? Um, yeah, bro, I've asked for a bit of dressing up this evening, so. Might say no. See, I I don't think there's a way to make that hat look flattering. It's quite I mean, flat. <laughs> it's very flat. <laughs> you can beret it. You can go French. Yeah. I've got a French t-shirt on. Do you know if the thing is right? You know, some things just really are only suited for the airsoft field. Yeah. You can get away with it. I think I've just realised that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't answer the door to the postman. Depends what he's delivering. I'm going to step uh, to two side, step to the side for two seconds and slip into something a little bit more Friday nightish. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Paul, you're really quiet. I'll um, I'll turn him up. Hang on, I can do that from here. That should hopefully be better. Uh, Lance might be coming back. Um, I, he says he can't <laughs> even hear us, so not much point in being on the. Uh, on this episode. Oh, no, here he comes. Here he comes. You there? Ah, I'm back. Hey. Hello. Hello, back. You just, Hello, you just missed Paul do a quick change. Ah, oh, what? Yeah. I just realised. There's my on. Short of um, multicam, 
and like morale with my usual kit and all that, certain things are only really suited for the airsoft field. Couldn't get away with it on a dog walk then. <laughs> I did wake me uh, my little outfit on and then realised that, uh, you know, even with my dashing good looks and everything that comes with being this, you know, Adonis that I am, there ain't no way of making this make you look good. Have you tried? So I bought one of these as well, just for I thought they were quite cool to have. Have you tried rolling it down and then putting it on your head? What all the way down? Yeah, because that looks proper weird. <laughs> I don't know what that so is. that's 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 the tightening band, so you can wrap that around to basically make it tighter or looser. Oh, <laughs> fucking omelet. Can we put it? Can we put it off to a jaunty angle? Realised that like so, four days now screwed me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should, I don't know if it was tight on your head before. Without that on there, it'd be a bit looser. Do you know what? And I like it. That better? That, that, yeah. Well, well, that's the quote of the evening. Look, Paul mate. likes I'm, it loose. I, I don't even know how you're meant to wear these bastard things. <laughs> Not a clue, mate. Google. Like a, it's a mix there must be a YouTube tutorial or something about. So it looks like a pancake. I thought that. Do you know what? When he you, when you put his head down, it looked like a well grilled pancake, didn't it? On the very top. Do you know what I like about it? It's that sort of rustic Middle Eastern look with a 500 quid pair of Ray Ban glasses on. <laughs> it just doesn't mm. really go. <laughs> if he, if he like, yeah. Can't go Take, wrong with it, mate. I'm uh, telling you. Taking your donkey out to the field, but you follow it in like a twenty-one plate Merc. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate. I tell you what, he's baking with that on. But I do like this so because now, look, I get quite a little jaunty scarf with it as well. Oh, oh yeah, look at look at a little necktie, a little a neckerchief. <laughs> look at that. I wonder so if it'll you when you get a bit of breeze, will you get a bit of flap. Part Cockney, part um, <laughs> bit Dex's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, yeah, just, but that's another conversation for a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just need some lemon and sugar for that pancake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Funnily enough, that's Paul's code name for the upcoming event. <laughs> pancake, is it? No, lemon and sugar. <laughs> pancake has been flipped. Just step up. Oh, right, me. I was going to be pancake. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing to hand, no props for next weekend. It's all been packed away. Yeah, I've got something I've got, in here. Um, I literally have nothing to hand. Here we go. Look, I've got something right here for you. Fuck <laughs> you. Taking the piss off. Oh, <laughs> oh I, have, I have one of them. I've got two of them. <laughs> Let me program this thing to remote debt something in your air loft. That would be epic. Well, see, I'm already here, mate. Had something he just let off behind Lance. <laughs> it's like, just my green screen's been boom, just swallowed me. <laughs> we got this one programmed into. Oh, look at that. Or was he giving away some mint already? That's already happened once this week. Yeah. Bit of output. I've got no idea what he's been still. <laughs> So the point of this week's episode, um, for those watching, is uh, we are obviously on the event prep uh, build-up for the uh, Apocalypse Milsim, uh, which will be next Friday. Um, 
we are going to have to uh, slightly amend next week's episode date. Um, we haven't had a chat yet between the three of us about when we're going to do that. So we'll let you know, um, possibly with the, the marketing. Or maybe maybe we can decide now. Is everyone okay for Wednesday? <laughs> uh, I have to play it by ear. Give it a go. So um, I've got, see, well, away for the three days and got all my gear to still sort. So it just depends how everything falls. If not, I'll do a piece where I sort my gear out and then do a bit in the uh, for the Facebook page or for the Insta page or something like that if I can't make it. Yeah, nice. I'm, Either, I'm, I'm easy, whatever. Fit okay. Everything that so needs next... to fit in TARDIS into something that's not a TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so next week's episode will be on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, so we've got we've got a meal sim coming up. Um, Lance will be playing as uh, Blueful. Uh, Paul will be Hello. playing as Op4. Um, I unfortunately can't make yeah. the event um, due to an NCT class on breastfeeding on the Saturday that I'm going to be attending, um, where I get to learn all about that. So, um, yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about sort of the, the various uh, methods of preparing for an event, uh, the sort of different bits of kit that you might take, anything sort of special that you've bought for the events and stuff. Um, and then the kind of general, I mean, I think we, we've never really kind of covered the kind of mix of Blue 4 and Op 4. So I think we're going to sort of maybe talk a little bit about that as well, um, sort mm. of different mission yeah, styles and stuff. Um, having played Op, uh, Blue 4 a lot myself, um, you know, tends to be a lot more mission focused and stuff. Um, Paul, I think you've mostly been up for, if that's right. So oh, obviously, you've covered never, a lot more of the civilian e type stuff as well. So oh, well, there you go. COVID, um, I, I wrote out a number of uh, 50 pound checks for airsoft kit because nothing costs greater than 50 quid. Uh, and Absolutely. I think we're expecting to do a long more event, if I remember mm. rightly. Um, yeah, we're still so waiting on that, aren't we? Really? I've got the multicam. Claw gear, top and bottoms. Got a multicam warrior recon plate carrier. I got a multicam warrior Pegasus rucksack. All still in the loft with the labels on it. <laughs> waiting to get dirty. Waiting to. I get know. Dirty. Yeah, because obviously, because we we did pay. Correct me if I'm wrong. We did pay for a, an event, didn't we? But it's been moved to whenever the next date is available. So the like normal one got refunded. Yeah. I oh, did it right? Okay. Yeah. Back on it, but uh, right. Yeah, so that really the idea about doing that was obviously on the Longmore events for an op four. Um, they're sort of I'll use the word loose. So some of the Gucci gear that we've invested in isn't allowed on the op four roll. It's mm. one reason mm. why I fancied blue four, but then also to to get the not 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 the painful routines. But the the sort of the bit where you challenge yourself, where you sat there for periods of time, and you've got to challenge yourself mentally to stay focused. Whereas mm -hmm. with opt for, it's kind of you just you, you nip out, you fuck shit up for a little bit, and you go back. And you, do you know what I mean? There's no real. You never play with us then. <laughs> it's sort of hard, it's, it's more hard and fast with opt for. It's, it's hard and fast, isn't it like in and out, smash and grab sort of type stuff, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, and you can't. You run around stuff, and then you know I. I um, you know, I, I sort of head out and do bits and bobs, as you know, with Mr. Marden and that. And he was mm -hmm. like, I'll tell you what we do is we, we'll uh, we'll get ourselves up then and we'll, we'll have a go on Blue 4. But if we're at Apocalypse, because it's, uh, you know, like the Misfits and this, that and the other, we'll kind of stay with where we are on, on Op 4 on that one. But then when we go to Longmoor or if we go and choose somewhere else, um, you know, so we did like a Sterling event or something like that and you all come along, we went to 
wherever it is, Copal Down or something, we do it as a a blue four team. So we've got the kit. If we, if, you know, we want to do it, align ourselves with you guys. You know, affiliate mm. to the Punishers, um, and just you know get involved and get stuck in on that, and then just understand, you know, the bits around sitting in a fob observing, but having to do it for a good few hours. You know, and being, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, just that sort of discipline side of it, because you don't. Yeah, it's a bit more regimented, isn't it, from a blue four point of view? Do you know what I mean with the taskings? Yeah. You know, what I mean your call signs, your, your, your comms. I'm not saying it's not regimented with um with op four. I wouldn't know because I've never I'm not done op four before. Part of BMC, I can't really cast that as op four, can you? No, I mean the first time I did it <laughs> um that was when I went and I had Sam Jarrett, Dennis, Sean, Steve, uh, and myself. And it, it was it was quite it was quite regimented in that in the sense that you know there was there was enough of us that we made up Echo team, and then there was like all Alpha Bravo, Charlie Delta, Echo, similar sort of what you'd probably expect for Blue Four. Mm. You yeah. all had your, your radio issue, so he's kind of all, all given one of these. Um, and Sam Jarrett had ours. And then the zero um, for, for Op4 would be, you know, right, I want you to head off over here. Or I'll, I want you to get in a mortar, go to the main base at, um, at Longmore, not the one that you stayed in, like the Special Forces training base type bit where they lay up all the corrugated ground. The actual main... Oh, down in the far corner. Yeah. Yeah, so it's more the main the main base um, with the, the the shop and all that where that usually is at. Yeah. So and you go right. I want you to go and stick a mortar in there. Only the one. Fire one in, and then just sort of duck off. Just get, you know, just liven it up for them a little bit, and then wait for the QRF. See how long it takes the QRF to come out. How many they deploy on the Q, uh, deploy on the QRF. Take the numbers. Feed the numbers back. But don't engage. Just literally, you know, firing a. And so it was a lot of that, which was really good. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and it was like right, we're arranging a riot, that that sort of stuff. Whereas, obviously, for yours, it's like, you know, you've got. I want you to go out. You're going to go on a patrol through around the back of the railway line. You know, through the village, this, that, and the other. And then when you come back, mm. you know, you're in one of the things, and you're looking out for a couple of hours, making sure nothing's going off. You know, so it's just kind of really give it a bit of a, a bit of a mix. Um, definitely, and then obviously, mate, yeah. Toys, if you know, if we're on the blue four. At Longmore, so for the Op 4, you can't use anything head-mounted. The first time we was allowed to use a hand-mounted um, night vision device if we had one, but you couldn't have weapons-mounted thermal, you couldn't have like skull-cap-mounted nods or anything like that because you're playing really rebellious... Like, yeah, civvy pop, aren't you? People, mm. yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a fair one. And echo that call comes down to when we spoke about like PID and targets and that, and it's why some events are very strict on like with headwear and things like that. And it's like, well, why can't I wear this? So, well, because if you wear that and they're wearing that, if you're trying to PID a target and you're wearing exactly the same thing as them, it's going to be a nightmare. You're going to end up having blue and blues all day long. People just are getting well the getting pissed off. You might as well you know wear I mean? armbands at that point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it's, there's there is strict code for what size wearing what, and there's there is good reason for it. It's not just to be picky. One, it's just so you can tell each other apart for a start. Not you know some camos are relatively similar you know you have got to look at the target and make sure but when it comes to like headwear and things like that yeah you know it's that's a major you can't let everyone just run around with bonies on all day it'd be a nightmare absolute no, nightmare like no, solid colors versus some form of camo in it you know so yeah. like apocalypse you know we can go wearing this sort of stuff which we, you know which people are going to go in other people have gone you know totally out there and got other kit um yeah but this here 
I mean, to be fair, for an event, what, little under 15 quid from eBay. Um, Perfect, mate, isn't it? You know, and then obviously and you got, a little investment then that, that opens up a mass a lot of other events for you don't if you ever choose to exactly, do it again you, know, you think well what have you got a kit for that you've got woodland gear you've got your you know you can wear your multi-pack multi-cam you can wear your desert cam all of that sort of mm. stuff is available to you so it's kind of clear but like exactly as you say when it kicks in and it's a bit dusk if we're all running around with lids on ain't gonna work is it so nah, exactly mate exactly that so now it's a fair one have you got um are there weapon restrictions on this one like so, uh, for, for this example, event, I mean, Op Four can only use certain types, or nah, I mean, even Blue Four. Nah, I know I mean, there's some there's some events where Blue Four, for example, can't run around with big gold AK-47s and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, when I mean the event was coming up, I mean, with it being Blue Four against an insurgency sort of thing, I it, I think it's sort of there in black and white, really. I mean, what you'd expect people to to use, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, no one's going to be turning up with a Sten gun or a blooming, do you know what I mean? Dressed in World War Two era kit, do you know what I mean? It's going to be blue for you're in NATO kit, you're using make current weapon systems. Make a note of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, with the insurgency type role, I mean, there's a lot of um, sort of ex-Russian weapons, um, yeah, sort I mean, of old school. Again, though, I mean, I think... got Paul there in a dish dash with his with his hat on and he's got a, he's got a black M4. And I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be jumping up and down about it, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's a weapon system. It's black. It's no different than a black tactical AK, really, in my book. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. yeah. the weapons that I know for a photograph. Yeah, it would be great to all have AKs with all wooden stocks and all that sort of business on it. But no one's going to make that sort of investment. You're not. You can't expect someone to make that sort of massive investment if they put potentially twelve hundred quid into an M4 or something like that. It's like, well, pff, yeah. this is my main weapon system. So you know what I mean? This is what I've chosen to use. I'll go all out for the costume and and, and the outfit you want me to wear. But I'm not going to specifically go and buy a a whole new weapon system just to be that role. Do you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't expect someone to do that unless it was a reenactment reenactment and they had to be, and it's, I, I don't think Milsims are reenactments. Do you know what I mean? I mean, a Milsim is an event that you're taking part in because it's fun and it's wicked to get away for the mm. weekend, regardless of what you've got. I mean, obviously get yeah, camo rules and equipment type rules to an extent, but when it comes to a weapon system, you can't expect someone to say you can only take part on as a Taliban event, if you've got an AK. It? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So, but, the way yeah. I look at it as well a little bit is that you, you know, you can go, you know, like this this one with Taliban against like Blue Four and NATO. Call call yourselves what you what you want. Um, Longmore, you had sort of disgruntled villagers um, that are probably part funded by the Russians again against Blue Four. So if you flick back to reality, you can't tell me that somewhere, you know, somewhere along the lines in Afghanistan or if wherever it is you like, there's not someone running around with an M4 they've picked up off a dead marine. If they're you know probably I mean? where so it is, Mike. You get that one. Exactly yeah, Nick's just made us that very point, Mike. You know, so I've tried to do mine a little bit close to being Russian because I've got the Zentico gear on it, but that's about as close as it gets. Um, but then, yeah, you know, that's fair enough, though, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Marie, say it was made in Japan anyway, so I don't quite know how that one works. <laughs> <laughs> I was um I was watching an article on um I think it was on Afghanistan actually. So obviously this is sort of loosely based on um the event that's coming up, isn't it? I mean I know that it's not trying to sort of be too specific because I know that people kind of get a bit funny about that. Um mm. but I was I was watching an article on Afghanistan and I think they were running around with a, a proper old school World War II MG forty two um that they were putting on the back of a technical. So like these old school weapons are still out there. So you know it, it doesn't rule you out in my mind. Absolutely, doing, yeah. Well, if you watch, um, if you watch, uh, what bloody hell was it? Hotel Mumbai, um, you know, film from from the terror attacks out there. 
the, the, the military when they got called in were almost running around with like the Enfields. That's it, yeah. Bolt action still, weren't they? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's not until they called the special forces, but what they call their special forces guys in, that they come in with something that sort of fairly resembled an MP5 or something like that, you know. But the rest mm -hmm. of them are all, you know, you, you're lucky if you're. It's almost like the old, you know, by rank. You know, you were lucky of a certain rank if you got given a, a, a you know, like a Thompson or something like that in World War Two. If not, you had. Um, you know, like a rifle, or you had the BIR or whatever it is, and that's kind of still how it is. He's out there, you know. Um, mm. you're sort of rocking so it with school. weapons in chaps. I mean, um, like what Mike just said, then I mean, would either of you to get like. I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, if you're if you're up against like a, an op four insurgency type esque event like we've got coming up, and you saw a guy shooting at you, um, who just happened to have like I said, like I said, a black M four, would that really give you the ump or be oh you know you know would you be pissed off about that or would you be taking exactly, it as it is you know what I mean? It's, at the end of the day, it is purely just a weapon system. You, mate. Absolutely, because a lot of people seem to jump up and down. Oh, we should be. He should have an AK. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't be. And it's like, well, do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I don't really like about. You know what I mean? Some people get a bit too precious about it. At the end of the day, it's not the weapon that makes the player. It's it's the, it's the player. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I wouldn't expect anyone to go out, you know, and drop five hundred quid on a new airsoft gun just to join in on an event. I think if you want to look at how we bring the, yeah, you know, we always talk about the you bring the new generation of young players in for skirmish, mm -hmm. and equally, you know, as people at Milsim we've got a responsibility to bring in the new next generation of people that play Milsim. So if I Absolutely turn around, that, uh, you know, I really, really want you to play, but sorry, pal, you know, that G&G &G M4 that you've got, can't be on my side with that. <laughs> That'd be this it, is it, it, mate. Because obviously yeah, you think, that if it's like you said, Paul, it's a new player, they've, they've obviously just forked out a load of gear or a load of money for kit for to, to actually like, survive out on the ground for a Milsim, you know, your shelter system. Sleep system, cook set, Bergens, waterproofs, blah blah. You know the list goes on and on and on. For them to then have to then lay out for for a weapon to take part in the event because they can't get yeah. on the side that they want to get on, but they have to they're gonna have, they're gonna have to go and get an AK, or if they've got an AK, they're gonna have to go and get an M4. It's like nah, mate, come it's on. It's the same, yeah. What's the reality? You know, people are financed by different people that are not even. You know, you know, like you got the Russians financing people. You've got historically us. You know, as a nation, financing people. You've got the Americans that have been mm. financing arms. So you, they, they're all out there anyway. You know, it just exactly. You watch, yeah. Um, what was I watching a program, Fighting ISIS or something like that, about the people that volunteer to go and fight with, um, you know, like the Syrian um, sort of freedom fighters, if you will, against ISIS and that. And you go out. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. But some, some have got AK-47s. You know, you've got some that have got M4s. Some that have got whatever, and you just they're, they're making good with what they've got. To exactly that, my yeah. And it's only the same, you know what I mean? You, you know, am I going to say to someone, sorry, you can't play because of this? Or they think, oh, you know, what I'm going to have to do is because I've got to go and buy an AK, I'm going to buy something, but then that means I'm going to compromise. I can't buy the decent set of iPro that I want, or I can't buy that decent tent that's going to keep me it, Yeah, and, it, and it's pressure, especially a new player, it's putting pressure on them that they don't really need. You know I mean, it's, it's going to be quite a pressurising time as it is like going on the first event and let alone thinking, oh, Christ, now I've got to try and get hold of, get hold of one of these for it. Mm -hmm. I've changed, completely half changed my loadout just to take part in it. But, you know, which is, I don't think that's fair. You know, if you're going to think... get into reenactment, that's a different story. You know, you've yeah. got to be bob on when it yeah. comes to reenactment and rightly so because they are actually reenacting a era, a time frame, a particular battle or scenario or whatever it is, then that's fine. 
you know, it's a meal sim at the end of the day. It's not, you know what I mean? They wouldn't, they're not that strict on the actual accuracy of the, what they're trying to reflect. No. You know what I mean? In my eyes. I think for me, I think for me, the only thing I would say, and this might be a slightly unpopular opinion, is I do get a little bit put off if you're playing an event and you're fighting someone in a, in a Milsim style event and they've got a, like a bright green gun or bright blue gun. Now that's not to say that there's any problem with that. I haven't got any because obviously everyone has to start somewhere and I've always got some of the, you know, the, um, the, the, the non-stick camo tape. So like you, you kind of, you roll it over. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah it wraps to itself, so, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, someone before, I think we had someone on one of the events Ooh. I was on that had a, a bright blue one? gun. Huh? Don't know. Hello, Lance? He's, there he is. He's still there. Yeah, I'm still yeah. here, mate. I'm just, I didn't want to say anything in case it confused everybody. Oh, that's right. I had some free. Uh, I, I just said to him, I said, because uh, he was really worried about the, the bright blue on his rifle or whatever was showing up and like giving away the position. So we were like, on patrol. So I said, oh, I've got the ca- the tape and we just, we just taped over it. Um, yeah, we can hear you. Um, so that, that no, for I me, I think Roy probably the only the chat. <laughs> oh, sorry. You hear me, boys? Evening, boy. We can hear you. Good. <laughs> um, no, that for me, enough, probably, yeah, probably the only thing I would that, say. The but, green, I mean, blue, two tones. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not pressed about yeah. it. Like, if someone genuinely can't afford, um, it's not that they can't afford. If so, if genuinely can't, they've they've got a two tone rifle for whatever reason. That that to me breaks out the immersion element of it a little bit. Um, but that's not to say that I would have yeah, a real yeah. hang-up. I mean, I've seen a couple of times, then a, lot, a couple of them. Yeah. Um... No, mine, it's killing me tonight, I tell you. <laughs> I am here, if you can hear me. Yeah, yeah we can hear you. I stopped, I stopped <laughs> to let you talk, because you could start talking and then you stopped again. <laughs> I think there's certain things that they put in place, <laughs> which I do, you know, I do agree with. Um, so, you know, you, you, you can't wear one of those freaky designed up Halloween type full face masks and mm. things like that. You know, there's certain things that you kind of have to keep out of it. Um, you, uh, you know, and then there's certain things, which I think exactly, as you say, you know, we've got, we've got to maintain a level of flexibility and if the behaviors are right, then yeah. that's it for me. Do you know what I mean? If someone comes along, exactly as you say, you know, going to take their gun up a little bit or wrap some, you know, whatever around it because it's a two-tone, but they come along, they've got a bit of a can-do attitude on them, want to get stuck in, want to get involved, you know, then, yeah, fair play, mate. Mm. Um, I, I mean, the other thing, probably... you know, I wouldn't expect someone with a gold AK to play blue four necessarily because that's, that again, is is just very wrong if that, it, it, yeah. it, 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 I, I know it's in my mind I've, I, i'm not hung up about it that i'm going to ever comment on it in front of anyone you know if someone's because fundamentally you're there to just have a good time and you know as you say as long as they're playing the game we're all having a good time doesn't really bother me that much but it does break that immersion for me a little bit it's um, um yeah it's like you say if you're doing like a cartel or something like that um yeah then the gold ak absolutely fine it's just the sort of thing that they have you know uh, it's, it's, to them, it's like a, a show of wealth, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not the sort of thing that you <laughs> see. <laughs> you know, some some guy in blue for walking. 
Fucking hell. Exactly. I mean, can you imagine like you're on you're on the news program or whatever like that, and like the uh, the team storming <laughs> storming the barricades or whatever. There's just some Lufo guy just going like that with his gold AK in the air. Like, oh. I mean, again, it's a game and stuff, but yeah. It reminds um, me of that. Have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Yes. It's like that geezer at the end that's kind of got the makeup on and his mates playing the music and he's got all the the sort of, <laughs> sort of ribbons hanging off of him. It's got to be like that. <laughs> Yeah, I love that film. I might have to watch that again. Oh, I, I love the bit where they drop the RPG, whatever it is, or the Panzerfaust, whatever, and it flies off into the building. I, I just, there's just, just certain bits in it that I, I really do, I love, you know, I do love about it. And there is that bit about it, you know, there's where he's obviously seeing it and all this sort of thing in his head. There's that sort of almost awkward campness between the two guys in charge of all the kids, um, you know, the geese that's in Game of Thrones and. Um, the other fella, and there's almost like the, the awkward moments there between each other, uh, which kind of made me laugh right through to the end, where he's going, "Oh, you survived, great! Yeah, what are you up to? Oh, I'm going home now to see my mum. I think I need a cuddle." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really good, really good film, really yeah. well thought of as well. You know. Um, oh yeah, I mean, there's a proper. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that's not seen it, but there's a proper hard hitting moment in the middle of it as well. Yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. So yeah, can we jump in? weapons and stuff like that and i do you know even though sometimes when you when you have got the toys um I, you know I, I i do agree with the approach that longmore and the legion guys have with regards to how they approach their their milsims you know so you, you, you really you're kind of villagers so you wouldn't necessarily have thermal you wouldn't necessarily have gem free night vision um so you know learn to play outside of that and use white light to your advantage use other things to your advantage rather than the toys you know so mm. um so i do you know even though it's nice to have that sort of stuff and think yeah you know i've invested in it, i really want to use it I, I also really do like that challenge that you get from the legion event on up for that you can't use it because yeah. you've got to be able to do a bit more trade craft rather than mm. rely on technology i like i, I one of the things I quite like about doing all the different events. So for example, when we did the Falklands one, I appreciate we're not sort of like Falklands reenactors and stuff like that. And I know we'll, we'll hit the chat in a bit. Cause I know um, Les was just saying he's doing a, an event in December, which is Falklands goose green. And they've got to dress the part. I, I like the challenge of having to find the little bits and like, um, you know, just trying to create a bit more of the immersion aspect to it. So, for example, when we were DEA, we obviously all bought like DEA patches and we got like little um, ID cards made up that were DEA and we had them all in like plate carrier holders and stuff. So all of our credentials and that were all in front of us. You are a um, sucker for dressing up though, aren't you? I do like dressing up. I do. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I do. I do like that aspect. I mean, for example, this um, so this event uh, next week, uh, I say I can't make the event as a whole. Um, and because obviously you potentially have to rush off at a moment's notice. So I'm still going to be there, but I'm going to be there as press. Um, so I've got like a full, full press loadout and we're going to be going around taking photos of stuff. So I should hopefully have a wealth of content for November Foxtrot uh, by right. the end of next weekend. So there'll be loads of pictures coming out from that one. So um, if we flip back your uh, Facebook photo that popped up the other day then, your wedding photo. Yeah. What was that uh, outfit <laughs> was wearing there? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it quickly for you. So I um I went to my wedding dressing in a Napoleonic naval jacket because <laughs> I thought it was cool. Oh, I think it was, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll find I'll, it quickly. I'll, Hang I'll on. Sorry. The other day and I thought, oh, what's that? That looks well wicked. 
Yeah, um, I got them custom. I got them custom made. It was an absolute fortune. It probably cost uh, more, but it wasn't as much as the wedding dress. To be fair, but it was um, it was more of a fraction of the wedding dress than it should have been. Um, was it like a, so yeah. a fraction of what the airsoft gun really cost versus? Yeah, yeah. Let's just yeah. say if I was if I was buying that and telling the wife about it, 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 it I want it in a raffle. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, there you go. So that that's what I wore. Um, so I went full uh, midshipman Napoleonic naval jacket. It was m- myself and my uh, my brother, the best man. That's um, quality. So I do like dressing up, and I, I will fully admit that I like dressing up because uh, you know it's just a bit of a laugh. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I mean, like the whole op four aspect of it all, that really appeals to me because it's the uh, you know the the packer, or, um, the the. Well, I mean, to be fair, even if you don't wear that, because like not everyone, um, again, using Afghanistan is like the. I'm back. Not everyone in Afghanistan is all wearing the traditional garb, are they? So you know, no, you don't no, have to wear no. all that. Um, um, and I, yeah, I think that's right, and that's the upside about when we did. It's sort of the Longmore event, you know, you're kind of, you're a villager, so you could, you know, you could nip into a charity shop and buy a white tatty looking jumper and a pair of old jeans. And that's kind of, you know, you're, you could be like, you know, a farmer or, you know, whatever, you know, you can do it you like. Mm. People were doing it. They had construction workers, they had all sorts. I mean, like that one that I did last time, as much as I really enjoyed prepping for it, it was a little bit of a, it, it had its positives, but it was a bit of a downfall to my event experience with the guys that I'd gone along with as well. So yep. that's when we did the I did a market stall. So I was a market trader and I got all the sweets, went to all the aisles in um, you know, Sainsbury's, like the the international aisle, got loads of uh, all the sweets, found a Russian shop, got a load of those, got toys and all that. And because I was running that though, the guys that I'd gone with that were at Longmore for the first time, I didn't have that experience of really playing with them because my focus was on doing the stall. So it was a bit of a it was great to do, but it was yeah, you know, a bit bittersweet. You were basically you basically were just a sweep shop still, yeah, still was, holding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't even just role play at that point. You are just literally selling sweets to a load of guys yeah, with yeah, guns yeah, playing yeah, around. Get away with giving sweets away to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, I mean, he's, he's all good. Good, he's a good laugh, good crack. Yeah. I will just give a little bit of a shout out just quickly to where I bought that that jacket from, in case anyone's interested. Um, so it's a website called uh, 19th Century Tailoring. Um, cool. Well, what else would it be? <laughs> well, exactly. But they do, um, oh, what's the product range? So they do all sorts. So you can do World War One, American Civil War, American West, the Indian Wars, Napoleonic Regency, um, weddings and all sorts of stuff like that. So if anyone's interested in getting a, a custom made um, Napoleonic naval jacket, then there you go. <laughs> I must admit, it's sort of I'd be quite tempted to get done to wear just to wear to work once. Yeah, just just to turn up like you know, sort of all regal. <laughs> it's, I'll be honest, it was freaking wicked wearing it. I absolutely loved it. It was very hot because it was the middle of July, um, but yeah, it was good. It's good. I've still got it actually. I, I mean, this thing I bought it outright, so I've still got them sitting in my cupboard. So maybe one airsoft event, I might have to just rock that out. Yeah, um, exactly, that, mate. Just rock up as a <laughs> Napoleonic guy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Sort of Should we hit? Should we hit the comments just briefly? Uh, there's lots of people saying lots of things. Um, so uh, Sean says he uses an AK daytime and an M4 at night. Fair dues. Yep. Sean, is there a reason for that? Just out of interest, is it is it that your M4s um, 
like your your go-to and that the AK is more for a visual thing, just out of interest, if you want to whack it in the chat. Uh, Andy said it's a hobby after all. We send, spend so much kit on it, ammo and smokes, then buying a weapon for each faction would end up really costly. Completely agree. Uh, uh, Nick says Canadian Rangers still use the Lee Enfield. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, the, these weapons are still about. Um, <laughs> Andy Bob says they use rockets fired out of guttering. Explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I think even at some of the uh, the Legion events previously, we've, we've had like fireworks fired at the Sangers. Um, people just pop up and then they go <laughs> and then duck <laughs> <get> down again. <laughs> so um, that's pretty terrifying. Like, oh, safety, that's that's the yeah. Uh, Andy says there should be a level of immersion, otherwise it's just a skirmish with a story. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, a lot of the missions and that on Mill Sims do tend to be a little bit more story-driven, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so it kind of it ties into that. So uh, Terry says uh, all we got for Octo Eight was the Kurta Kaftan and a Pakol. I think that works. Yeah. Um, so Terry and his boys well, were running around um, on the first day. I think. It was kind of a lot more sort of traditional garb that everyone was in. Um, so they weren't all dressed as rebels, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and it enabled um, some of the uh, Op 4, uh, sorry, the Blue 4 guys to dress up as well. There was a few little sort of secret CIA agents um, within that. So um, Wayne says you can always wear a Care Bear T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Nick says a Muslim friend of mine said to me once, "Not all of us have a beard and carry an AK." There you go. Was he, did he have a beard and was carrying an AK at the time, though? <laughs> uh, Sean says, "Got a touch on the M4 for night. Got a torch on the M4 for night." Oh, fair enough. That's fair enough. So, yeah, cool. Um, so, in terms of preparation, then, Paul, like, do you find that you prepare any differently? Sorry, my internet goes. Every once in a while, it just randomly cuts out. I'm hardwired and everything. I think I've got an answer's problem. That's why. You, yeah. You're into his. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually right next door to Lance. Who just. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you find like you you prepare any differently from what you've sort of seen? So I I come from a <clears throat> like my dad. He, he was he, well. He still is. But a mad fisherman since he was a kid, all the way through to now. You know, when he when he uh, before he needed his hip replacement and all that sort of stuff, he was off up to Worcester fishing. He's got a lake that he um, bought with some of his mates and all this sort of thing. And and he's always been driven by lists. So there'd be lists for everything. You know, wherever he's going anywhere, mm. there's a he's going on holiday. There's a list. You look on the door of his fridge. There's a list. You know, of how how long each thing takes. And he's a list, 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 list kind of, you know, um, kind of guy. And, and I've sort of really, um, I haven't got it on this one. I've got it on my iPad. But, yeah, I've just, I've, I create a list um, uh, because I just know that I'll forget something. Mm. Um, so and I just break it down into, you know, what's what's my, my weapon system uh, and then list that down. What's my sleep system? Then list that down. What's my clothing system? List that down. Food system? List that down. Sundries? List that down. And then where all my gears up in the loft at the minute? Um, 
whenever I get time, I just go out there. I've got the Warrior X300 rucksack <clears throat> with rockets on the side, and I just start grabbing bits and chucking them in there. And then I come downstairs, and on the list, I put a tick next to each item. And the tick, there's a little key at the top because it's sad like that. Little key is like tick equals currently in rucksack. And then I'll try and get everything in there, bring it all down, and then that's when I'll lay it all out on the floor and then try and pack it all away, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But but my, my trouble is, is that I kind of, I never know where to draw a line of one is none, two is one. Um, yeah. You know, so I have to sort of look at it and think, no, I've got five torches. Is that a bit overkill? Uh, so, you know, and then you end up packing too much. You know, what, what if, or what, you know, what if that, what if, or do I need, you know, like this blooming jacket that goes down to minus whatever? Probably not. But you never know. I mean, it might get. I you. find it's tools. It's always yeah. like, oh, if the gun breaks, I might need that screwdriver that just undoes that little that yeah, little screw. So I've like obviously the car's not too far away. It's not like Longmore where you can't go back to your car. Um, you know, yeah. this one can go back to her car. So there'd be some tools in there. I know Mimsy's bringing some tools. Uh, I've got a multi-tool, but you know, one is none, two is one. So I've got two multi-tools. One on a battle belt, um, and then I've got a. Um, Gerber just chucked in my rucksack, you know. So it's, it's just that, really. It's bandages, it's um, you know, anyway, like a, a first aid kit. Chances are, I probably won't use it, but you never know. But then you have to have all sorts in your first aid kit just in case. Yeah, I've got like my tablets for my epilepsy, I've got Nurofen just in case I have a, a you know, a crash from not enough hydration or anything like that. Uh, hay fever tablets, I've got do you know what I mean? And it's just all of that. and I'm not the sort of guy that can put all that into compartments in my head. I have to mm -hmm. write it down because I, I know I'll just forget. I'll get there and it'll be like, shit, I haven't got my batteries. And that's another section, sundries, you know, yeah. gas, batteries, BBs, this, that, the other cables. But this bag here, this is, you know, this is just all my charging cables, spare batteries. Um, I've got a, you know, like a spare, spare head torch in there. My GoPro's in there, so that's all you know, everything's just stuffed in one little bag. Um, yeah, and then that'll go in. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll, my warrior bags, you know, it's got a lot of stuff stacked in there already. I think I'm probably gonna potentially have to do two trips. Um, so mm. out there with the rucksack, and then I've got the Pegasus bag as well. Which what I might do is put you know, all the, all the rest of one kit in the big bag, and then in the Pegasus bag, which is the smaller one. Stick me night vision, stick me thermal, and, and other bits and pieces in that. So it's like almost your night kit versus the rest. Uh, but yeah, I always, I always overpack. Um, yeah. I never use half of it. <laughs> Man after my own heart. <laughs> no, she's all right if you've got to hump your ass up the hill. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Or wherever it is, you've got to go. So. Um, so if you got, if you got like two, like outfits or anything like that, because I know some, some. Um, uh, op 4 type roles, they kind of have like, a, I'm just using Octo-8 as the example, so they have like a, a traditional wear and then they... I'm back no. they went into more like a rebel uh, kind of loadout, so we're wearing like Woodland DPM uh, a later date, so I mean are you, no, are you literally just wearing the, that? I have solid colours underneath so on the actual day unless it gets absolutely soaked through um, and it's waterproof to a point anyway I've got the claw gear Trousers in like a rail, which is like a greeny, uh, grey browny colour. Um, and then I've got the claw gear top that will go, which is like U backs really, that will just go underneath. 
this this black man dress thing. Um, I'll have that on, and then I've got um, like me recon plate carrier over the top, and that's yeah. kind of it really. I'll have the hat, and then if for whatever reason that outfit gets totally sidewinded in the car, I'll have spare thermal socks, spare boxers, spare trousers, spare t-shirt. Because, I, I mean, I could put it in my bag and ump it up the hill, but there's no point because the chances are I'm not going to get out of what I'm wearing, you know, short of, um, what should we call, the closest of primary gear right the way underneath. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, that, that'll be changed. But the rest of it, you know, the chances are the trousers and that and the top are going to just last out for the couple of days that we're there. So, yeah, uh, unless anything... You know, mental happens that I end up ripping something in half, which I hope I don't because it costs a fortune. Or it pees it down, I guess. I mean, that's the other one. Where... Yeah, exactly that, you know. But yeah, even then, you know, it's as long as I, if I get into my, in, into my tent and I get my head down and I'm dry, you know, I'll just leave them out and dry them by fire. Or, you know, if they get wet, they get wet. It's, the way I look at things is, you know, if those claw gear trousers that I'm wearing is my primary and everything else gets absolutely soaked through, there's not much point in going and getting changed into my other outfit if that's going to get soaked through as well. Yeah. Might as well yeah. keep the wet one on. Um, but yeah, so I don't really, I'm more sort of like, have I got enough food? Have I got enough water? Have I got enough BBs? Have I got enough in a first aid kit that I'm not going to use? Have I got, you know, in this bag? Honestly, I swear to God, I've probably got six cables that charge the same device. Do you know what I mean? Just in case I lose one, yeah. or I've got three power banks. Um, you know, so it's probably enough to recharge the battery on the Jeep, just from power banks in here. Yeah. But you know, and I've got like the GoPro cable for the GoPro. I've got some spare batteries, and then in the car, I'll leave a box that's got, you know, a full pack of batteries and and all that sort of stuff. And the goal is that, or the aim, I, I just don't go back to the car. You know, the car mm. is as the car is. Um, it's just a backup, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, just... exactly that. I really run out yeah. of water. I really run out of whatever. I can go back and get it, but I don't want to because it's, it's piss poor preparation then if I if I have to keep doing that. Yeah. yeah. But it's been a while. You know, it's been, what, two years since we've meal simmed. So, and even then I was no veteran of meal sims. I've only done a few. Mm. So I'm still learning. You know, I'm still learning what I can get away with. I'm still learning what I really, really need to take um and luckily we do it at events where we have that flexibility to either take two tons of gear and park up outside your house and dump it out or you know are able to walk back to where your gear is um you know and, and top up if you need to so mm. it's just a packing bit as well you know i don't i'm I'm not smart on where it comes to packing stuff yeah you know putting stuff well, there's the that video that lance put up during the week um, where he's just so organised because he's got like everything and he's just like, and it goes into the tiniest of bags. I'm like, oh, how does he do that? <laughs> yeah. No, he's that, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, don't know how he does yeah. it. And, I mean, for mine, I'm quite lucky on mine. So the Bergen, I think you, you load top down. The Warrior X300, mm. you can load top down, but the front totally unzips as well. So you can lay it down oh, almost yeah. like a holder and unzip the front. So you can get away with stuffing your sleeping bag right at the bottom even if you get your tent out and you can do that and then the rest of it's just all in there. So it's, you haven't got to worry about, you know, what bit you kind of need to get to first because it all opens up into one big bag anyway. Mm. Mine's more about, you know, do I put the food over, you know, each side, you know, 24 hours on the left-hand side, 24 hours on the right, so it balances out in weight, does it? Where do I put my night vision? Where do I put my thermal? That sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Andy says, uh, does your sleeping kit change depending on what faction you're portraying, or do you just choose what is comfy and going to keep you warm? Um, so, I, I'm take, for this one, I'm taking a tent and a sleeping bag. Uh, the only reason that I'm kind of going with the tent and the sleeping bag is because I've not tested the hammock and the tarp. So if we'd have had time to get up to the woods with Lance and yourself or, you know, whatever it might be, put the um, hammock up, tested it for my weight, because even though it's rated for twice my size, is that little bit in the back of my head that's going to be, I'll be the unlucky bastard that goes straight through the middle of it and I've got nothing to sleep on for the weekend. You know, then I'd be underneath a, a, a basher and, and on the hammock, which is even, you know, it'd have been even better because there's less kit to carry. But, um, you know, I don't tend to feel the cold. So really, I, I could probably get away with not taking my sleeping bag. But, you know, I bought one, so I might as well take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did try and get one of those jungle blankets as well, which um, Snap Pack were out of stock on those, but that'd do me. You know, yeah. Small air bed, and uh, or you know a Z mat or whatever, and that jungle blanket. That's it. I think they've got one on Amazon, by the way. If um, I can always ping you a link if you're still after one. Yeah, if you can do, mate. I, I, I've got it and I put it in the basket. And then when they sent it through, it wasn't there, and they said, "Oh, we didn't have any. It was out of stock in yen." All right, ah, cheers, that's that. helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Thank you very much. But yeah, um, yeah I, must, I must admit, I am a sucker for having having my feet covered though with something. Yeah. Just in case spiders or anything like that, you know, not that I'd know about it, but it's just that thought of, of someone grabbing your feet or anything. You know, I'm the same at home from under my bed. It could be 90 odd degrees. I've still got something over my toes just in case. Yeah. yeah. The boogeyman that doesn't exist grabs me. <laughs> <laughs> Andy says you don't have your Taliban blanket then. No, I've got that on my horses. They're uh... <laughs> giving them all. Yeah, Nick says get a wubby. I mean, I, I always I always take a wubby, and I'm a massive advocate of the wubby, um, or the jungle blanket, or whatever you want to call it. That that just having that sort of blanket type thing. Um, yeah, I think that's it. You know, I think as well. I've been to Longmore on the last event, and everybody, as in, say there was a hundred people there, ninety five people stayed in inside because it was minus Christ knows what. And then yeah. my lot was like, no, we want to stay in the houses. So we stayed in the houses for the first night. Uh, and that that was proper fucking cold. Really was. <laughs> you know, when you kind of wake up in the morning and he's like, any follicles of hair you've got on your face have got snow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, obviously that's when I then got the snug pack um, sleeping bag. But equally, yeah, once I've got a bit of faith, I think we're going to look at getting some time and we potentially up the woods to discuss uh, the you know the potential non-secretive event coming up. Yeah, yeah, the super the super secret that secret. everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then, what I'd probably do is, you know, take take the small tent, but take the hammock as well, and, and just put some faith in that and set it up and and give it a try. I've heard the yeah, super. I've never never used a hammock. Oh yeah, they're amazing. I'm um I'm doing a bit of wild camping with work um next week so literally thursday night um and i'm planning to take that then because you i've never had such a good night's sleep just because you're not on the ground basically yeah. like you have to you have to be careful of like chill underneath because there's no sort of thermal insulation and stuff as we've discussed before but oh yeah it's good i do love a hammock good. it's all right <laughs> you know if the weather like this jobs are good oh yeah 
It's perfect, you know, absolutely I'm perfect. Carrying, I'm, I'm carrying a three-man tent with me. Yeah. Uh, whereas I could be, I mean, I could, I've got the one-man tent, but I'm going to share down with, uh, I think with Richie, if he, if he manages to come along. Um, so, but yes, yeah, so I'm carrying the tent up there and you think, you know, really, the hammock's fine and the hammock's no space at all. You know, that's my entire sleep system would then go in one small rocket on the side. Whereas mm. at the minute, the sleeping bag takes up a portion of the, you know, perhaps yeah. like a, a, a fifth of the the capacity of the, what, the, uh, the X300. Mm. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I was going to ask you about ROEs and stuff as well. So um, I know for like NATO forces, um, it generally tends to be you can't shoot unless you get shot at first. Have you got yep. any? I mean, I've never done any op four type stuff at all. Is there any kind of general thing like that for op four roles, or is it literally so, just like guerrilla warfare constantly? Depending on where you go, you, it's not necessarily an ROE. It's more a strong word of advice, I think. So when we did the last one, uh, Apocalypse, we kind of got there, unpacked, set up a tent. Right, let's go. I want so many of you coming over. You know, we know that the blue four are out doing a walk. They're going to come to the village. You're going to ambush them at the village. It's going to kick off straight away. And then you just go and do what you like. You know, you can go for a walk around as if you're just a villager or you can go out and have a dig, <clears throat> um, you know, which which works. It's good. It was all right. Um, and then when we did the Legion event, the first time that I went and they had a, was a group like Chinese guys that they were, they were all part of like a... The, people's liberation army or had posters up and all yeah 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 we got there and the briefing from um mike was take it easy don't stir the hornet's nest because all you're going to do is make it uncomfortable for yourself and and it's going to be tough because they're going to be straight suspicious of you you know they're going to stop you be challenging you you're going to have less freedom of movement you know they're going to be sending out more patrols blah 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 and we're all like yep yeah, no absolutely get that thinking what we're going to do is we're going to go out we're going to put some weapons we're going to light some weapons up in various places you know think of some ambush this that and the other next thing you know this couple of these people from this people's liberation army have just fucking lobbed the grenade over the fence and just kicked it off <laughs> you know what i got you know and that yeah. was it you know it was just like well you, you reap what you sow basically and then it was a 36 hour slog yeah. You know, you could come out your house without you guys knowing we'd come out of our house. And that's how it yeah. was. Whereas, you know, so you don't necessarily have ROEs as such. Um, I think it's just, although you're there to stir it up and be that sort of terroristy stroke, you know, opposition or whatever it is that you're playing, uh, you just need to think smart about it. Mm. So, you know, what you're trying to achieve is, is playing the, the quiet game at the beginning better for you because it means that you can have stronger engagements that you're more likely to win later on because you've scoped out the routes that Blue Four walk, you've scoped out areas that you can leave weapons, which mean you can move freely to, to certain places. Whereas if after that, that was it, it was just bollocks. Yeah, you know, I think in the end, know, um... you had to get a license to carry a gun or something, you had to go, yeah, to you had to go to the police station, one. yeah. Yeah, I know um, some of the, uh, so again, having only played Blue 4 generally um, with some sort of P-90 
PMC type stuff. It, it, it's a lot more engaging when you've got that level of like communication and stuff. So you're not, you know, it, it's less about, oh God, right. They're going to start shooting us any second. Um, right. We've all got to be in the proper defensive positions and everything like that. It, it's more like, you know, you can have a bit of a chat with, with whoever they are. They, they can put like a silly accent and you can talk to them about, you know, the price of pigs that day is suddenly risen for no, for no reason. <laughs> Basically just, you know, it's just, it's just that kind of fun little bit of playing about with it, I guess. Um, now really try and drive a relaxed, not friendship because you know that the, the event's not going to drive it to be a friendship, but what yeah. you want to be able to do is get up. That'd be the and... worst meal sim ever. If it's literally no one fires a yeah. shot for the entire weekend. I have a cup of tea. Yeah, but you yeah. want that kind of, you know, being able to walk up past the stockade without being jumped on by 20 people and rubber gloves searched. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, want, you want that interaction where you kind of, you're out on patrol and people are just bit, almost like a mist or a fog just drifting past you. you yeah, know, just probably milling like, about. Am I all right here? Am I going to, you know, what's going to happen? Am I cool? And then, you know, next thing you know, someone walks past and they've, they've got like a vest on or something like that you know and it's like crack bang because you've kind of built that level of oh i'm not sure we can't engage he's not showing any you know i'll tell you what we do we'll be really nice and we'll send a box of fruit to blue for but inside the oranges we put <laughs> explosives and blew them up. yeah i was there for that <laughs> but you know what i mean that's kind of it you know our gift to you don't don't insult us by not accepting this gift because to us yeah you know, if I offer you a gift of two goats and a camel, if you say no to that, then you've insulted my family and my tribe. You know, yeah, it's the, a little bit, a little bit of an insult when it then blew up. <laughs> yeah, you know, the thing is, things do blow up. You know, I'm sure goats have combusted somewhere. You know, shit yeah. does go bang, but uh, that's it. And then once you've done that, you're kind of like, yeah, you're building up to it. We're building up to it. You know, it's almost like that sort of, you know, we. You sort of relationship when you're younger, innit? You kind of like meet each other and you kind of build it up and build it up and build it up. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, and that's kind yeah. of how we are on there. We know each other. So, you know, I just walked around, saw Lance was standing outside the stockade. Hello, mate. You're right. How are you doing? Yeah, you know, I'm just walking around. I can't find my goats. I can't find this. Is, you know, someone's taken six of my sheep, blah, 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 blah. And I was just standing there generally talking to him and he just looked at me afterwards and went, look, Paul, my lot are going to be back in a minute, mate. You better fuck off. <laughs> Because <laughs> they'll be all over you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but if you see my goats and sheep, can you send them back? <laughs> you know, and it's kind of that was, and, that, and that's it. It's, you know, it's that that fun aspect of it. Um, mm. You don't want to, you know, there's a time and a place for just going naught to sixty. Um, yeah. It's not a lot of time, and and you know that that build up and that just general setting the scene of you know the event. But it's it's key to not have it swing too much. So equally, you don't want it to kick off too early. You don't equally then want it to drag out too much. That you yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah, are we still walking around? Why are we not, you know, we, we want to, we, we're here to shoot people. We're here to get, you know, down in the dirt and, and, and all that. But, <clears throat> but yeah, you need, you, there is that balance. And thankfully, as I just think... a mere grunt, I don't have to worry about that balance as much. Yeah. <laughs> just go where you're told to. <laughs> yeah. And that's not know, really um... planned way mean or form that you know trying to cast off that i'm not some sort of valuable target or anything like this event but <laughs> even generally when i play someone just says to me right paul we're doing so i'll just always go over there then shall we yeah come on in 
Yeah. I know one of the um, the best events I've ever been to was we did a, a DEA one uh, uh, apocalypse, and um, where where it's more like a. I think we had four factions. There were two cartel. I've t- probably told this story before. Two cartel, one police, and there was us as a DEA. And there was a lot of intel gathering. Like our core objective was to try and work out who the hierarchy was. Yep. Um, so it wasn't just you know constantly shooting everyone and stuff like that. We were actually having to do these sort of missions that required interviewing. You know, we were, we were having to kind of take people back to where we could interview them, talking through stuff, and try and work out this freaking mind puzzle was because. Uh, all the players had forgotten who they were and stuff, which didn't help. But I, I really like those sorts of missions within yeah. Wilson's and stuff, because whilst it's all good to have shooty shooty all the time, sometimes it's nice to have something a little bit intellectual that you've shooty shooty to get to that. And now I'm there, right. We've got to now do this. Like it's, it's like diffusing bombs and stuff. I'd love to see a proper bomb being diffused. Yeah. You know, someone, someone's probably got to f- follow a little manual of stuff like that. And they're flicking through it and trying to work it out while all the chaos is going on. Because just seen, holding a fork is quite rightly. I think I've seen a couple of videos, or it might have been just even photographs of a Milsim that they did at Apocalypse before, where you had to go from say A to B, and when you got there, there was like an SF10 respirator, but the glass bit had been blacked out, and you you had to put it on. They spun you around a few times, and then you had to do a puzzle of some sort. I'm sure that was something they did at Apocalypse. Oh, okay. But there were certain, yeah. certain missions where you kind of you couldn't see what you were doing, and they disorientated you, and you had to, I don't know, it might have been like unknot a, a, a shitload of knots on a rope or something like that, but you couldn't see what you're doing, and it was that sort of, you know, and then when you did, if you did that successfully, then you weren't a bit of intel, or you mm. you know you weren't whatever. And I, I think you're right. I think you know it's it's that build up to an end goal, isn't it? But then yeah. you know. There's two, say there's two HVTs, but you've got to find out who they are. But you can ask random questions to people. Some people will help you, some people won't. So although say there's 50 on op four, there's two HVTs. But so that's that you're now down to 48. So out of that 48 that's left, there's only 10 people that will front up any information because they're on yeah. the fence informants. And then out of those that are left from the 38, there's 10 that if you approach them will sell you out straight away. And that's the sort of thing. It's kind of yeah. and then you have to try and build that up. And I think it's yeah. You know, I'm like you. It's it's, it's nice to to have something. Not that it's too confusing. You know. But no, some... I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting right. you go and play a game of Monopoly or whatever like that to 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 win the objective or something. But I I do think that that that's kind of missing in a lot of events sometimes it's the case of it's it's very much right. You go and do the patrol. You kind of do all the the proper like routiney type stuff. But it'd yep. be good to have those sort of specialist little things that you have to sit and do. I mean, even with, say, the bomb defusal thing, just have a board that you've got to follow a little procedure, but don't have the procedure like step one, step two, step three. They've literally got to flick through a manual to try yep. and work things out. Yeah. It's almost like the old... Um, oh, it's kicked back to blimey. I was in secondary school. We did something in English once, and it was this book, and it was like a fantasy-type book. And you went mm. through each bit, and then at the end of it, there was a bit of a puzzle, and when you did that bit, it was like go to page whatever or go to page whatever, and you chose which one, and the, each route would take you into a different outcome. But you'd yeah. always kind of end it, but it'd be it'd be different by what you did. So you have to go and say, for example, go and do this activity. If you're successful with the activity, then you step onto this bit. If you're not successful, then your route will take you somewhere else. 
Mm. I mean, there's a lot of commitment in planning to try and get that done, but what an event that'd be if, you know, you've almost got two or three potential outcomes based on the decisions and behaviours that you make throughout your 36 hours. Yeah. Nick just says fighting yeah, fantasy fighting, books. Yeah, exactly that. I remember that. Yeah. And I, I, I must admit, the English teacher that we had for it, I bumped into him in the co-op the other day. Didn't recognise me, so obviously didn't make that much of an impression. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, very yeah. yeah. I, but I mean, my brother used to have I mean, like a quite thick books, and he used to. It, it was like you know, go to page whatever, or go to page this. You go to page whatever, and you flick it over, and it's like, oh, you've fallen into a pit of lava. You know, back yeah. you go. <laughs> Sean said it was nuts and bolts that you were having to under. Yeah. Or, or, I remember yeah. seeing the video somewhere, and it was it was quite good, you know. Um, yeah. But equally, then, for whatever you put in place to opt for, you need to have that counterpiece, which means blue four can sway the other way. Mm. You know, so but it'd be a lot of planning to go into it. But I think it'd be a if run right with you know zeros that you'd have to be on it, you know, and all that. It'd be a, be a bloody good event. Yeah. Uh, Les says it's all good. It's good to have all the overall play. I think it does make a big difference. It does. It does just make the event. It. it, it I think it turns it from being a skirmish because skirmish is basically right. We're going to turn up. We're going to shoot each other. You've got to take this flag over there, or you've got to go get their flag and bring it here. You know, it, it's those sorts of roles, really. Um, is Les talking about airsoft or just generally? Yeah, I see. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on both, mate. <laughs> moving on Roy says the balance goes out the window when you play COD it does I mean um, I think it was the uh, Operation Scimitar with Octo 8 um, between the sort of we had that big first lockdown and then there was a, a brief period where there was sort of stuff that could happen and then there was another lockdown um, sorry let us just let you put yeah um so between the two lockdowns, the Octave it was like, you know, they, they were quite conscious of going, look, people are going to be a little bit trigger finger happy, trigger happy, sorry. Um, so don't just jump into just shooting each other. Literally, in like the first hour, it was like, yeah, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So, so, um, exactly but it's interesting yeah. about Call of Duty. I, I used to always be a bit just to run around, you know, accepted that I was crap at the game. Never really did, you know, whatever. I just, yeah, rolled over and accepted it. Started playing airsoft, and then when I started playing Call of Duty, I found I was going around corners with the gun raised down the side. So I was probably taking angles in the room. Thinking, yeah. what I then realised it made no difference. Now we just run around. But this whole thing about camaraderie, you know, you, and, and and you sort of yeah, you know, you're doing things together, and you're this, that, and the other. No way, Call of Duty. When me, Roy, um, and a, a very good friend of ours um, from Sweden, uh, we we go on Call of Duty three days a week. And when we're on there, it's like I'm down. I need a, you know, I'm in, in plunder war zone. I need some help. And you're like, oh, you're on your own, mate. I'm over in this building, twenty buildings away. There's no way I'm running my ass back to save you. I've got, I've got five hundred thousand pound. I'm going to drop all this money. Nah, <laughs> yeah, mate. You know, we're not in it for the money. <laughs> we just want to shoot people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's no real brotherhood when it comes to us three on Call of Duty. You're on your own unless you. Yeah. I was um, changing the topic slightly. I was playing a bit of uh, my brother's Oculus Rift last night. Um, and there's a game on that that's like a proper sort of shoot 'em up type thing. 
but you you've got like the rifle on the front of you, your handgun down there, and you're having to because it's you've got the handset and then the um sorry the handset and the headset. So you're looking around, you can see the grenades strapped to you and stuff. That was really surreal, especially mm. you're crouching. So I crouched behind a window and popped up and shot someone. That that was quite cool. I did I did I, enjoy yeah, that. The, the first time I played, so we used to do like all battlefields and all that sort of stuff. Then I had a game. I can't remember what it was on. Might have been a PlayStation of some sort or whatever. Operation Flashpoint, and that was like a, the first time I ever played a massive world, as supposedly close to sort of military simulation type. Yeah, yeah. And gaming and that, and that, that was that was awesome. There's some great stuff out there. I think back at some of the games, you know, you think, you know, you know, and then you now look at the technology now that we're actually using that technology that you're talking about to to sort of train people, or you've got people sat in a uh, a porter cabin in Nevada flying drones over Afghanistan. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just mind-blowing, isn't it, really? Yeah. The only thing I would say with the Oculus Rift is it made me horrifically sick. So <laughs> 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 I got real motion. I, uh, driving home from that, I was like, I've, at one point, was like, my eyes hurt. I can't really see. I had to pull over and I just threw up. So that was fun. <laughs> Sounds like the end to a good evening, that does. <laughs> Uh, Nick says Milsim role playing can be quite a challenge. So do you do you get into like a proper character with yours? Because I know that it, it can be a bit hard for people to kind of just rock up and then it, it's you know unless you really commit to it, it can sometimes be a bit half-hearted, can't it? It's like you're right, yeah, I don't have any intel. Have you seen my sheep type thing? <laughs> yeah, so I I don't mind wearing the gear because everyone's wearing the gear. The bit that I have is this little bit in my oh, there's there's certain bits in my head that say things to me and and you go, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that, Paul. Don't dance. I've got that voice in my head. Don't whatever you do, don't dance because you can't dance. You look a bell in when you dance, so don't do it. You know, don't sing in public because you can't sing. You know, just don't do it. Uh, and it's the same as when I'm on Milsim, so I wear the outfits and I will get involved like that. I can't put the accent on. I struggle. No, I really do because yeah, there's yeah. that part of me that's going. You just you, you you know you sound like a knob, but not only that, you've got no idea what the accent's like. You actually sound like a French, Italian, Spanish, whatever. You know, it's just a mixture of all <laughs> languages that you're throwing in there. So, like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm not even going to do it now. You know, because this this could come. No, no. Like, so, forgetting uh, the accent though, do you um do you find that you still have? Because obviously, you know, you go to these events regularly, you do start to make friends with people in the other factions and stuff. Do you just have a chinwag with them or? Do you sort of try no, and stay so, in character per se? I tr I I really do try and keep it for what it is, and you know, have the time where there is a bit of a chat if you get the moment to have the chat. But it's remembering what we're there for. I'm very conscious of what other people want out of an event, so I'm not. I don't necessarily want to go and talk to someone, have a chat with someone when, when you know, for all I know, that could be absolutely against what they want from it at the time. And think about you know. The best of chats in the safe zone or whatever it is at whatever point but um you know i think we kind of need to remember that that we're there for a purpose um you know and and i have to take away from that because otherwise what you end up getting is you go we've got some new guys coming to this one that have never been there before you know and if they see me just randomly walk up and start chatting novo stuff with lance or you know go chatting to someone else it's it's not sending that right message across to them either you know, and they, they want to get stuck in, and they're like, "Oh, come on, what's he over there talking to him again for?" And so, I, it is it is in my mind that that part of it, but I do I do struggle sometimes with the role playing from, as I say, from that aspect of it. Um, 
but yeah, you know, I think when when we're there, I try and zone in a little bit just so it's, you know, every everyone's sort of wants are, are taken into account. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember I did a, a long more one. It might have been the last one when they said at the beginning, whatever you do, don't walk in front of the sergeant major's house. You're not allowed to walk in front of it this time, whoever it is. Um, and I walked in front of it to go and talk to. You guys might have been out on patrol, and I'm sure it might have been um, Kettles or someone like that come up to me, and because I walked across that bit, and he was like, you know, he was proper in the role. He's like, step back, and I'm like, what, mate? And he come over to say hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was in it, and it's great. I'm yeah, like, no. it's what people are there. They pay the money, you know. That's what they're there for. Um, yeah. So no, I, I think it's easier. I think it's easier as NATO though, though, because you are you're. It, it's more like you know you're just telling people. It's almost like just commands. Like you're not you're not yep. there to kind of like portray a character per se. It's like you know just stand over there, step back, you know, put your hands on the on their head or whatever like that. Um, so I, well, I can I see it when, when you look at the likes of Nick Landay, um, mm. who goes to the Legion ones. That, that geezer, I mean, in six foot, Christ knows, you know, six foot a lot. Let's just say yeah. that he gets proper into character and he's towering over blue four and he's like, like this, you know, and you think, yeah, mate, you're, you're in it. Um, but I mean, I do, I will, you know, I will try and, and, and sort of drive that, but you know, that whole, you know, that bit where you're running up to people and all that. So, oh, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. I need this, I need that. I need this. And, you know, we'll try and do that sneaky peek bit of it all. And um, yeah, I think it's good because there's a lot of different people at this one that, that have mm. not been there before. So, it'll be quite good to get involved. And I think we have got that, you know, duty of care as regulars at that site and, you know, people yeah. involved with the organisation to a degree to to sort of spread that sort of way that we do things so everyone gets that bit. I've always, um, I've been toying with the idea of an, uh, for an event. You know, the... Um like the translator cards that people have where it's got like yep. just loads of pictures of things like that. I was thinking that you could almost have it that op four and blue four just can't talk to each other. Cause that way yep. you don't have to mess back. That way you don't have to play around with accents and stuff like that. Like it literally all the communication and, and part of the, part of the fun of that one could be, you know, you're having to try and communicate things via these stupid communication cards. I yep. thought that could be quite interesting. The other bit that I always find a bit, you know, that, that does ring, and as strange as it sounds, but it does ring in the back of my mind, is that, you know, we go on these events, and I'll be I'll be wearing a GoPro for a bit, um, and, it, you know, that, that gets posted up in places, and there's always that bit in yeah. the back going to potentially offend somebody, you know, yeah. by putting on that accent. And so, you know, it is kind of there, and I, I think as the time goes by, diversity and that sort of stuff is just growing massive now. So you, you kind of become more aware of it. So I'm a little bit like, you know, it's easy in my mind, but then equally, you know, going up there and talking in my South London accent that I've got when I'm sort of trying to be a <laughs> tally sort of, you know, an Afghan village or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I, don't know what, I wouldn't know what an Afghan-speaking villager sounds like, to be fair, you know. It's just, yeah. I, wouldn't know. I don't want to go down the Team America and just sort of dirk a dirk on my entire. But then maybe, well, that's the thing because that's that's where it starts to potentially go offensive, isn't it? But maybe I say with the with the translation card type thing, that might be a good way for players that don't want to do that to kind of go, well, I don't have to say anything, just just stay quiet. Yeah, or you know, just go out there and sort of just literally one word it, 
you know so you're going up to them like what you know what sheep 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 you know sheep or you know food or or or, you know trouble 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 like you really you know you've got these little keywords that you you kind of just learn yeah afghan hellboy yeah you want to buy a watch (laughs) (laughs) i'll have enough i'll have enough torches and all that in my bag mate i'll be able to run a shop again um but yeah so that that i can do you know i'm quite happy to go out to people and sort of go you know help 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 and then and when they go what what what, what? just go no 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 help help you know it's, it's almost like you're using well that makes it harder as well for the, for the blue four because they have to make that decision process of well we're not got a lot of information here so do we go and do we go and help and sort of or i mean the other thing you could have is interpreters as well so you could have like one person that's like a designated like you can talk to that person in english or whatever like that and you just have a conversation and that person can then feed that information back to blue four that would work quite yep. well or kind of run up and just sort of go as if to go, you know, danger, sort of, you know, stop, yeah. stop, you know, just use hand gestures, that sort of stuff. More than happy yeah. with that. But there is that bit in my mind, and that might be the, you know, the position that I have at work and all that sort of stuff that just kind of rings in my head that I have to be a little bit careful, even though it's yeah, nothing like that. But there is that piece around, you know, we're in a world that's, that's that, you know, that's bigger than what might have been. Now. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, right, let's just have a couple more comments. Uh, Andy says, I played dead and wounded at the last one and got asked to stop as it was too hammy. <laughs> I mean, screaming, shouting, crying, not just putting up my hands. The organizers didn't approve. Well, yeah, um, that works for me. We at the Octo one went full Shakespeare at one point because we were like, but Octo had asked us because one of their sort of key things is they're trying to boost the realism. And we'd, we'd made a joke with uh, Josh uh, previously saying, oh, you know, could we go full Shakespeare? And we were like, ah, alas, I am slain. <laughs> that bullet dust, dust my arm. Yeah. What is the blood if does flow from one's plate carrier. <laughs> But no, I like that. I mean, no, I think that's great. You know, if people want to roll around yeah. on the floor and, and act it out, then fantastic, man. You go for it. Mm. This is this is it at the end of the day. As long as it's within the rules of what's set in the general stuff that gets sent out, you've paid your 70 quid, 80 quid, 90 quid, 100 quid. Do what you like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If it has to the effects, if someone's screaming and while they're laying around screaming on the floor, Blue Four have got to try and figure out what's done that to them amongst the carnage that's being screamed around. Brilliant, you know? Yeah. I'm all for that. um, Octo again, I I don't want to sound like I'm singing their praises too much, but the the last Octo event, um, we we went in and and sort of had an IED type attack on on the uh, Blue Four base. And um, everyone, because one of their things was like, if you're going to die, but there's still action happening, just lay there dead because it it kind of creates that immersion for everyone else. Because having to fight among dead bodies and stuff like that was, you know. It's quite. It's it. It definitely changes the game. It's not just like I'm running around the woods anymore. You're like oh, trying to pick your way amongst people and stuff. And mm. Yeah, definitely changes it. One thing that always, and I had a proper issue with this the first time I I played at um, the, the, the Apocalypse Mills in there was, uh, and I kind of not got into a debate with somebody, but it was just like you know you have one of those really moments. I thought I was doing you a favour. These bank kills. Now to me. I, they they stuck their head through a, a window in one of the villages, and I was there with my sidearm, and it literally would have been like, where's my camera? That shot yeah. in the side of the head, and I banged him, and he looked at me, and he went, "Bang kill, really?" Like that, and I'm like, well, "What would you rather? Would you rather me shoot you in the face from sort of <laughs> six inches, 
Yeah, I, I kind of struggle with that because morally, it's not the sort of thing that I'd want to do. Yeah. But then what do I do? Do I take myself out of the game because, like, it gone, well, yeah, you're dead then, or whatever. But it just doesn't, and that's the bit I never kind of get. Is it, you know, is it acceptable to bang kill in an event rather than, you know, and it almost needs to be that agreement, doesn't it? You know, is, is it acceptable? Yeah. Is it likely to rub people up the wrong way because they want that immersion of, you know, being shot in the testicles from two inches away or whatever because I'm hiding in a bush? But, yeah, I don't know. So that, see, that I, kind of... I would agree... I would agree with you on that one. If you if you're going to potentially shoot someone directly in the face, because obviously a lot of people don't wear face pro or anything like that when they're um, doing milsims or whatever. So I, I would have said that that's fine. I think if you've got the option to shoot like a plate carrier or something like that, you know, then fine, go for it. Because I mean, a lot of the plate carriers and stuff, you're not going to get like generally hurt from it. Um, it depends what people have them filled with and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, but, but maybe the testicles. I would probably treat the testicles the same as the face, to be honest with that. Just because. Uh... <laughs> Point fours on me. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Les just says, um, Mike's like that with a Mark V. Um, fuck all happens for 20 seconds. Yes, thanks. Thanks, Les. Um, <laughs> cool. Continue. Right. Uh, people are really rolling with the, uh, the Shakespeare. Um, Ratty number 13 has gone with Blackadder and he says uh, Shakespeare with assault rifles. Um, Roy said, I have split that man in twain. <laughs> this is the sort of comment that you get on that on Call of Duty Warzone when we're on those few days a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely think we need to have some sort of like Shakespeare event now. I think that'd be brilliant. Maybe maybe at our not-so-secret secret event we, we could have something themed along that. That might be interesting. Entertaining. Who knows? Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll just let you do it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I can find others to go with me. That'll be fine. I'm sure you can. Um, so, lastly, the last thing I want to do is congratulate Nick uh, for winning uh, Pride of the Week, or, you know, in terms of his um, uh, blue ribboned entry. Um, so, Nick sent us, Nick proper went out on this one. He went out and bought a, blow, a whole load of blue ribbons and then sent us a, a series of photos. I don't have them, unfortunately, to hand. I'll, I'll make sure I've got them for next week. Um, of, of trying out different pouches. And he also made it fairly scientific that he said, you know, this one might be more useful for like quick access and stuff, but held less and things. So, Nick, you, you definitely won that one. So, I think just a round of applause to Nick for that one because it was, uh, I was genuinely impressed on that one. So, uh, yeah. We were having a great time just watching these photos come in. So. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Honestly, I, 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 it's just taken off, isn't it? Yeah. Ribbons. Oh, it's it is a full-on meme. I, I am. I've um, started designing up like, a blue ribboned patch for you. If you like legacy, you know, what was the like? Oh, the you know, legacy of Lance is shit broadband. The legacy of you <laughs> is you know dressing up and whatever. What's my legacy? A six pack of blue ribbons. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But well, yeah. I'll tell you what, right? If the and Blue Ribbon marketing campaign are on there or in their game here, they'd be signing you up straight away as their next spokesman. I'd, um, I'd take pride in, in the fact that, you know, if my legacy was Blue Ribbons, I'd be well happy with that. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> Andy said they ate all of this before they got to the pouches. <laughs> Trick is, Andy, to eat them out of your pouch. That's, that's role play. Yeah, <laughs> dates of ribbon. 
Oh, cool. Right, we better call it a day. Um, yeah, it's gone on a lot longer than normal. But, um, cool. Well, have you got anything else, Paul, you wanted to raise or mention? No, no I think um, you know, what I'll try and do is, uh, say if I'm not on any way, but I'll try and get the kit uh, laid out and get some photographs. But also, while I'm out there, do a you know, a bit, a little bit of selfie footage, and um, you know, get some photos of the fob and all that sort of stuff. As we set up, we'll have me GoPro on, so perhaps get a little bit of footage of of some bits and pieces and put that up. But um, but yeah, you know, obviously in the meantime, if anyone's got any questions or if they see anything come up, or as we said, sort of previous weeks, anything that you want sort of specific focus on um, on some of these sessions going forward, just drop them in, and and we're more than happy to cover stuff off. So yeah. Uh, Again, just thanks for everyone and their input because without you guys, then it, I would say it'd be just us three, but clearly not. <laughs> it'd just be me and Mike. It'd just be me and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> just talking to no one. So, yeah, yeah. thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, have a, have a great weekend, everybody. Cool. And, yeah, as Paul said, if you want to get in touch, you can chat to us. Uh, our email is nofochat at hotmail.com. Instagram is november underscore foxtrot underscore nofo. Uh, Facebook is November Foxtrot Nofo and YouTube is November Foxtrot. So we haven't quite hit that 100, 100 followers yet on uh, YouTube, by the way. If anyone does want to just subscribe to us, that'd be grand, please. Thank you very much. So <laughs> cool. Right. Well, on that note, um, hopefully, maybe see you next week. Well, I will see you next week, Paul, but uh, in terms of the episode, um, hopefully well, see you next week. I'll, I'll be at the Milsim. I'm, I'm there as press. Yeah, but are you what for the. You got? Are you there for just are you on the Friday? Are you up or are you just the Saturday? Or ah, uh, so the Friday I'll be there as press, and then the Saturday I've been given a secret tasking by Lance. I'm not allowed to talk about. Oh, you can tell me in the WhatsApp chat. Yeah, that's fine. It involves dressing up though. <laughs> hey, win win. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, and if anyone, if anyone in the chat's coming, um, then by all means come and say hello to any of us at the uh, the APOC Milsim as well. It'd be cool to say hello. So, hundred percent. Cool. Will be good. Nice one. Thanks again. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone enjoys the nice weather. It's been raining here. But um, until next week, we'll see you all later. Bye.